Welcome to the new media show. We're back. Doing the new media show again. People are actually going to listen to this junk. We do it live. We're live right now. We'll just do it live. We're going live. We're going live. We just can't get enough. The new media show. Let's go. Just do it live. We're going live. We're going live. Bada bing, bada boom. The new media show. We do it live. Just do it live. We're going live. We're going live. We're going live. The new media show. I'm like Adam Curry, and you're more like John C. Tavora. I think I am Adam Curry, and you're the old curmudgeon. We do it live on the new media show again. The new media show. Technology. We make it sound so special. Welcome to the new media show, everyone. And uh, this is where you pull the show together (laughs) by a hair. (laughs) I, I was literally in a planning meeting setting up the new transcoder i was setting up the new destinations everything worked except for youtube yeah so, that's all right we can yeah. leave youtube on the side for once yeah so uh <laughs> anyway we'll get a recording of this and put it up on youtube we're on Streamyard today and uh so uh we're on their commercial version that's and I've awesome. actually got the ability here to let me see if I can put the yep and put the logo right up there over the top of Libsyn perfectly. <laughs> so everyone, welcome to <laughs> welcome to the new media show. That that worked out. I didn't even know that was going to happen. So that worked out pretty wow. good. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so competition Rob, all full on display there. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's interesting because. Um, I thought you could do, I'm so used to having dual stream capability, but StreamYard lets you send one RTPM stream out. And I've had challenges with YouTube in the past uh, with Wowza, and I haven't, it was just, I said, okay, I think that destination will still work, and eh, it didn't. So, uh, and then plus I am in, uh, how should we say it? I'm in a, uh, um, in a studio that hasn't been used in 15 months. Yeah. Uh, so that in, in itself is uh, in Columbus, uh, Ohio. Yeah. Yes, I'm down in Columbus. Yeah. But one thing I had to lap though, we left all this gear on, <laughs> and um, when I got to down here, and you know, just it, 15 months of an office being empty, people been in and out periodically, but it's not like anyone's been living here, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and working here on a oh, consistent yeah. basis. So. Uh, yesterday I came into the studio and I'm like, oh, that's hooked up. And I tapped the mic and everything's still good. I'm thinking, yeah, that was eight, 15 months of unnecessary electronic wear on that gear um, because the master switch had been left on. But my my Denon, actually, I could probably do that. My, my Denon recorder, which I didn't, well, we're re- relying on StreamYard to get us a full recording. So if you're joining the show right now on audio, it's because I forgot to hit the audio record button on the one box, um, but hopefully the StreamYard gives me a recording. But the um, the screen on this Denon is looks like mm, seen better days. So fifteen months of on time was not good. So yeah, gear took a beating. Well, it's also a sign that uh, you know. Blueberry's coming back to life in a physical world in their office, and we're kind of getting back to normal again. Right? That's how yeah. I look at it. Right? I think it's good. So anyway, we're here. We are, and uh, my head has been all week been been buried in and uh, getting getting ready to go. You know, with uh, 
you know, with everything down here and, mm-hmm. but you know, the, the, the cleaning service we have, they come in and pick up the trash. We have a Roomba that runs around and sweeps the floor, but there was dust everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's fun. Yeah. So anyway, uh, things are progressing in the podcasting space out there. I saw that uh, Facebook um, has kind of, they they keep pushing stuff out the door, but uh, I I don't know about you, Todd. Have you been able to get into it and see much of it? It's interesting that you asked that because I sent, I, you know, I've, I'm under NDA now. Oh, yeah. And, and I asked the, uh, the gal, I said, what's the secret decoder ring? Well, it's not obvious to find it in the app. I mean, I mean, supposedly it's in the Facebook app, right? On well, iOS? I'm just trying to get it on my yeah. page. Right. And well, you have to submit. I don't think that it's it's available to everybody yet. It's so, not. Right. As far as being able to get your podcast in there. Right. I, I would think it's visible to everyone, but I'm finding it not easy to find. And that's one of the issues with Facebook just in general is that they have so much stuff in their app. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it's hard to find anything actually right <laughs> short of just you know the basic things like your wall or your messages or things like that because you have to get buried in their menus and you have to dig through and that may be what holds us back in my opinion. right yeah well i have had success we are up on starting to get up on twitter now so i'm fixing that situation oh so. good good so, so again you're you're joining the show mid process taught in a studio that hasn't been used in since God was a child, but, um, yeah. so, you know, so she hasn't responded yet. Uh, but I, I think it's what's early, your Facebook early, contact. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. And it's, okay. I think it's just early, early days here. Um, mm-hmm. and I, you know, probably there's, there's not going to be anything that they're going to be able to tell me at this point. It's probably going to be like, wait, cause you know, I know stuff is coming in phases and I can't talk about the phases cause I've seen that info, but, um, right. definitely, you know, come on. If, you know, if I said, how do you know, how, how did Facebook, I've got a, a page for this show and for Geek News Central. How do I, you know, how do I figure that out? Well, you'll submit your RSS feed is how it works through oh. that page. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where on that page? I don't know if it's been ruled out to everybody to do that yet. That's right. The question. Therein lies right. the problem. Mm-hmm. So you so, know, this has been kind of a public-private release. I mean, I have to say it's 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 a little hard to know what's okay to talk about, what isn't okay to talk about, because they've put out a lot of information already about what they're doing. You know, it's mm-hmm. on the it's it's the top story in uh, Pod News. <laughs> so it's like it, it's hard to know where those lines are, and I think that they're. Their deployment is, you know, it's 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 definitely going to roll out in stages, and it's certainly not outside of the U.S. So, right, that's the thing is, it's anything that we do see right now is only available in the U.S. So, and you know, and I know people are complaining about that, but you know, a lot of people are like, okay, you know, we've been fielding some support questions already today that's been asking about this, and yeah, we could just we've been telling people, you know wait and see. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the best thing. That's the best thing to do. Don't, don't think this is going to be groundbreaking or earth shattering yet. 
Oh, and we were up on uh, good. Yeah, we were up on New Media Show's Twitter page because I had already set a pre-planned event. So, oh, good. So oh, we're, we're up there. We're okay. up everywhere except for YouTube. All right, so okay. I'm done. Oh, well. we done trying YouTube to get stuff behind. fixed. <laughs> 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 so I, you know, I. It's like the bigger the company, and they, I don't know. It's like they're in a rush to get things out, and and then everyone's just kind of left waiting. You know, and it's, you know, what do you do then, you know? Right. Yeah. So, but, you know, big news and, you know, not a lot of things that podcasters can really talk about at this point. Mm -hmm. That's okay. I mean, there's plenty of other things to talk about when it comes to the distribution side of podcasting. I think it's becoming kind of a, there's so many listening platforms now and there's more coming. Uh, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, It's not that this is the end of the end of the road by any means. Right. Um, this is just the the latest one that's starting to roll out in stages. I mean, Samsung is still trying to roll out their stuff too, and they're going to be innovating and adding to that. I think one of the things too, to think about too, is, is hopefully we'll hear some updates from people like Google and, and that we haven't heard a lot from over right. the last six months or so. So, you know, what, what are they up to? And other other platforms outside of the United States too that are that are ramping up with podcasts and wanting to um, add them and and a lot of those big platforms and I'm mainly speaking of the platforms in India and and but there's other ones uh, in other parts of the world too that are that are looking at you know like the Middle East and there's other ones too that are that are out there. Ho- hopefully, we'll see some more out of Asia. Um, that are coming. I'm seeing a lot more kind of podcasting events and things like that coming out of Asia now. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is interest that's bubbling up all over the world. And I know there's a lot of stuff going on in South America, and I also keep hearing about a lot of stuff going in, going on in Africa too. But that's a that's kind of a different market to talk about. Um, it's it's it, it it takes us back in time is what it does to talk about Africa. So yeah, yeah, and I think we've done that a little bit on the show here recently. I agree. Yeah, and, you know, so I I think the future is good for distribution and all that stuff. And yeah. uh, oh, there's the, never mind. I'm I'm troubleshooting as we're as we're doing this. <laughs> so so I, I guess the podcast index came out with uh, with the number that we crossed four million podcasts. Yeah, that's so, pretty big. Yeah, of which uh, six hundred and forty thousand were active in the last sixty days. So. Mm. If you go active in the last 30 days, I'm curious what that number dribbles down to. Uh, does it cut in half? Uh, and then if you cut it down to update in the last two weeks or the last week, I wonder what that number looks like. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So those are kind of, I think those are probably, to have an idea of how many shows out there are being updated weekly would be a good number to know. Um, because as we both know, Todd, the shows that are growing and typically building audience and communities are ones that are being published weekly. So, so, or, or more. Mm -hmm. So to have only 640,000 out of 4 million to publish an episode in the last 60 days, actually, I think that's kind of, you know, shocking in some ways. I don't think it is at all. Well, it's shocking from the standpoint that fewer that 
there aren't as many people that are sticking with the game. Right, right. But then, you know, again, we talked about this on the last show, Rob, that number is, if we want to call it a number, mm-hmm. has stayed pretty steady from, you know, 3 million to 4 million is that 400,000. Yeah. You know, so I, I guess I'm not that, uh, for a better word, I'm not that. Yeah. I, I just think that a lot of people, I'm hearing it said more and more that there's people getting the impression that the market's too crowded with podcasts right now. Mm-hmm. And, oh, what's the point of starting a podcast now? There's just too many people doing it now. And I think that I, I'm constantly having to, you know, dispense with that falsehood because, you know, you start looking at numbers like this and the market's not quite as big as people think it is. Right. And, you know, I think too, it just, as we broke it down last time, you know, we've got the ability to, um, you know, to succeed in, because the category spread is so wide. If, you know, Mm -hmm. if you're trying to succeed in a specific category, I think you, you know, you're going to be well suited to, you know, to, to succeed. And now if you're in a sports category, you're going to have to work hard. And so I think that is, you know, something, uh, people, you know, if you're really trying to break out, you know, you're just going to have to work that much harder. Yeah, I agree. There's, there's a lot of competitive categories out there, um, that you have to get in and really understand who your competition is and what they're doing with their podcasts before you launch something that's, you know, directly competitive with what they're doing. I think in the past, my, my, my advice is my advice was not to worry about other shows, right? Because every podcaster is unique, right? So everybody mm-hmm. can bring their own little special twist to it. But I do think that certain categories are so crowded that I think you do need to think about that to some degree and and try and differentiate yourself somehow. Take a little different approach to the same topic. And if you're really dead set on that very competitive topic area, that, that you have to get a little innovative and you have to do something a little bit different somehow, if that's even possible, if there's so many shows in a category that every possible innovation has already been thought of, but I don't know if that's, that's really, really ever the case. So. I, you know, I think really though, it goes back to, and even every time I do a call and, you know, maybe I'm a broken record here, but it's, um, Fundamentals, 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 and right. Right. the 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 content creators, in large part, that are complaining that they're not succeeding are not doing the fundamentals. Right, and you just can't record a show and put it out there and think it's going to be good. It doesn't matter if you come from Blueberry, from Libsyn, from Podbean, from yeah. wherever doesn't matter where you know that's that's your host it's it's really the the you know you, you some people some people think they're gonna have instant success by hosting with a certain provider well that's it's not the case you you've got to do this other grind you know you you've got to do all the other things and you know i i don't know maybe it's time to go back and talk about that again but and i used i think what was it i had a list of like 13 things you could do to help build your show. And that was just, you know, that was stuff that I'd done over the years, not even stuff that people are doing in a bit. You know, I look at, uh, we we have an intern right now who um, we have a social, we've had, this is our second social media intern. And each of them have brought new ideas that I was like, well, sure. 
You know, you want to spend some money there? Let's give it a try and we'll, we'll do a little promotion and see what happens. And, you know, I was never a big Instagram fan, but we've been working hard to build our, you know, it will be build our Instagram following and putting out messaging on Instagram in a different way mm-hmm. than what we would do on Twitter or on Facebook. And, um, you know, and that all takes work because certain graphic sizes and certain things you have to do. So, the average podcaster doesn't have an intern. The average podcaster has to do this by hand. Mm-hmm. So unless they get help from their audience, there's only so many hours in a day. Believe me, you know, you and I both know this on how much work it takes to, to get a podcast knocked out and let alone do the promotion. Yeah. Yeah. It, it takes a plan too. It takes, you know, more and more it is taking some investment on the part of the podcaster to, 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 to rise above the, the noise that's out there. And I'm not, I don't, I have this thought that there's not as much noise out there from podcasters as there is just noise in general on, on online that you have to rise above. And that, that's the hardest part. Yeah, I think so too. I just messaged one of my team members. I wanted to bring something in here. I have something to show off. Um, it's just a coffee cup. So no, not nothing, no big deal. But. They did a cute job on it. So I'll see if I can bring it in and have it shown off. Yes, I, I, you know, I, you know, and the next question is, so in Michigan, the, everything feels really, really normal. Traffic Mm -hmm. is back at levels. There's restaurants are full. And yet I drive down here to Columbus and I'm probably mm, three to four miles away from the campus from Ohio state. And of course it's summertime. So, you know, they're off school, mm-hmm. but you know, I go into a restaurant and where in Michigan, the restaurants are full here. The restaurants are bare. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was, uh, you know, talking cause there's a couple of places we like to go for buffet and they're not doing buffet. They're just doing, you know, regular menu stuff. Uh, one was an Indian place. Um, and, I said, what's, you know, how's business been? She says, we're still barely hanging on by a thread. And I'm, and I'm thinking up where I was at, it's just wall to wall, but what it is, and here's something that made me kind of go, hmm, I'm in, uh, in a, basically we're in a commercial building and, uh, Ohio, the state of Ohio has, um, I think it's, uh, um, it's where people, uh, gosh, what do you call it? When they drive out and check on people. Social service is having oh. an office here. Mm-hmm. And three or four other companies. Ha- and But when I pulled, and this, normally this parking lot is full. And when I pulled in the parking lot, we were all parked double space. So no one's going to bang each other's doors. And there's like 10 cars in the parking lot. And this place is huge. And so what's really impacting some of these businesses is the commercial traffic is not is now staying at home. They're not at the office. So they relied on that commercial business traffic to fill their business and weren't nobody's here. So I think the there's more ramifications to come from COVID uh in the great greater scheme of things because if you have a if you have a food business next to this building that used to have 2000 people in it and now there's 50 you're not you're probably you're you're going to go out of business unless you can attract additional right. foot traffic and and I'm already seeing empty spaces or, down here or do, I, do delivery type 
type services. Right. So now people, uh, where people are going, and, and I'm, I was asking the team here, I'm like, is this like, she's not only around here, all the businesses near the residential areas are packed, but no one's coming closer to the commercial areas. And I thought this could have a profound change. So if I'm seeing this here, Mm-hmm. then what it tells me is is that we haven't seen the extent yet of the changes that are going to happen in podcasting post-COVID. I, I, I'm now, just based upon two days of being down here, I don't think we're going to see a, at least in the near future, at least in the next six months, I don't think we're going to see a pullback in the number of shows because businesses aren't making their employees come back. They're still at home. So they're still doing remote work. Mm-hmm. And as long as that continues, um, but there's a difference between location. Everyone, you know, and, and another thing too is I can't, the, the hotel I'm in, the breakfast is not open. The bar's not open. Um, getting your room cleaned is optional. And actually they give you points if you don't get your room cleaned. I said, why is that? Um, she says, because we can't get the help. We can't staff up. So I said, you know, did you try to recall people or, you know, where did those previous employees go? She says, they're all working for Amazon. They're working for uh, DoorDash. They're, they're all working for other businesses now. And um, they, that, were, they, that became popular during the pandemic. Right. Right. So right. they can't, so they're having problems even here. Mm-hmm. Filling, and she says we've got like 40, I said 40, 40 open job vacancies. Yeah. And I about fell over when she told me they had 40 job openings. And um, so I knew it was bad in fast food and getting people to work, but I just really had never imagined that the hotel industry which has been devastated. Now when they are starting to get people to come in, they're going to be able to employ well, up. Well, Todd, I think what you're seeing is an expectation that uh, people are going to be able to find work from home jobs. Yeah. And that's, that's what's going to cause this to continue is that people don't want to have to commute. It's expensive. So let's say there are job opportunities in a major city, Right. Um, that that those jobs don't pay very well, but it, it's expensive to get to work. If people are going to try and get get jobs or or opportunities that where they don't have to commute, don't have to have that expense of trying to get to work, yeah, um, they're going to do it, and that's going to make people shy away from going back into the office or going back into retail and in a like a like a um, hub or a downtown area or yeah. e- even in a small city, right? I have to tell you, Rob, I, I, right. I just made one of my employees feel like I was asking him to make me a cup of coffee. <laughs> and I feel, I feel bad. I said, can you bring me a coffee cup? And, and uh, he says, he said, the only coffee we have over here is a year expired. I can make a pot of coffee. That or better run over to Starbucks for you. What do you want? And I said, oh, my God. I just, I'm, an, I'm an idiot. I said, uh, I need a mug to show off on the show. Yeah. <laughs> there you right. go. So here, here, oh, here let, oh, let me see. Oh, yeah. I, I think I saw it on Facebook. I think so you shared it, that. Yeah. And what it says, and, I, and I'll just kind of show it off. Let's see if I can. <laughs> I'm, I'm 
go, backwards go the here. other way. There you go. Yeah, there we go. So it's a gal with she's she's got tears, and she says on it. She says that's the way it should have begun, but it's hopeless. And then we have on the on the mug, don't forget to hit record. Right. So what did I do at the beginning of the show today? I forgot to hit record on the. <laughs> it's easy to do. You kind of get excited so, to do the show. Yeah, and you forgot do to hit the, the show button. and right. forgot to hit record. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because my actually. Uh, the position of my microphone is positioned right in front of the record button on my roadcaster. Oh, so that's smart. You well, can see it right well, there flashing at you, right? Well, I no, I can't see it because because the microphone is sitting right in front of it. So, yeah. so every time uh, I glance down, I could have hit the record button for you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had I had to say I'm sorry in Slack because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't make anybody run for coffee for me. That's that's pretentious. I go get my yeah. own coffee. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, I guess going back to what you said here is with in, in with this chain, you know, I guess we'll have to see maybe those of you that are on listening to the show, what's happening in your communities? Are you back? Is it impacting your recording schedule or has your employer said we're doing uh, two days a week in the office? And, you know, what what is the impact? And if you've added another show during uh, COVID, is it going to impact you from being able to do the second show? So, but I still contend that potentially we're going to see some slowdown because baseball, all the, all the youth sports are back hundred percent. So at least where I'm from, you know, all the youth stuff is back. So parents are going to be going to ball games and gymnastics and swim meets and you know, I was talking to someone yesterday, their, their daughter's a cheerleader and they're getting ready to go to nationals for cheerleading competitions. So stuff that wasn't happening a year ago is happening. And if that's happening on at least that micro scale, from what I'm seeing, then people are going to have less time. So I would, if I was a betting man, if I was going to put, I bet we'll see the number of active shows shrink a little bit but not as near as I, I was expecting a, a, a quarter drop-off. So you're talking about active shows? You're talking about new shows? I'm talking about active shows. Because, you know, if you okay. think about it. it I don't with, think that the active shows have been growing that much. Actually. No, that's what I'm saying. Right. So I was expecting to see the active shows decline. So decline even, even more. Even right. more. Right, okay. And I would expect that number... We'll have to watch it. You know, we should have been taking screenshots and measuring it. But if it below, drops below 400,000, I guess that would be the indicator that the number of active shows are dropping, which shows that people don't have enough time for their podcast. For um, shows that are maybe aren't updated on a weekly basis or a monthly basis? Is that I, what you're I, I think so many people, you know, I go through our customer list and I look at the time from the beginning of like March of uh 20 mm-hmm. and look at all the shows that were all the customers that added another two or three shows to their account mm-hmm. you know i probably can do do internally if i have angelo run the numbers but um i think the main shows will probably survive or maybe one will be dropped for the other i, I just I, I don't know i just think all these people that have added shows single shows is going to continue as is but people have multiple shows. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, uh, time will tell. And if it is, yeah. if that's the case, then what will happen is the the number of you know active published shows will drop. Maybe the long tail number will get bigger. Maybe there's doing sixty and ninety days will increase because people all pull back to once a month or once every two months. But that's a pretty shocking number still. If you think 4 million podcasts and there's only 400,000 active in the last week, 600 some thousand in the past. Uh, 60 days, yeah. Past 60 days, yeah. Well, I mean, a big chunk of that, that 600,000 uh, are dead shows. Yeah. Right? I mean, mm -hmm. if you think about it, publishing, you know, when if you published one episode in the last 60 days, you're basically either you just published it in the last two weeks or you haven't published anything for, you know, 50 days or something like that. Right. So it's, it's, but those are shows show, in decline. A shows that hasn't published in 50 days is not an active show. No, it's not. No. You know, my contention is if it's gone more than two weeks, it's really not an active show. But yeah, I, I, you're going to lose followers and subscribers right. or whatever you yeah. want to call it. Um, fall, you know, downloaders or whatever, whatever term that you're. So if that's the case, so let's think about this from a yeah. financial standpoint. There's 20 plus podcast hosts now. And if you divide 400,000, you know, you guys have a chunk, 45, 50,000. Buzzsprout has 45, 50, 60,000, whatever they have. Podbean has you know, 40, 50,000, whatever they have. Of active shows. Of active, well, you know, right. I guess, yeah. There's going to be some shows that are going to pay that aren't active. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we have a percentage on Lipson that are don't are considered to be active shows, but right. still paid accounts. Stay paid. Yeah. So, you know, you start, and then you whittle that number down. Mm -hmm. Let's say we get to, you know, this top five, you take, uh, you know, 250,000 shows off the top of the stack. That leaves 150,000 shows. Is that enough to sustain the ecosphere, considering that probably 100,000 of those shows are over on Anchor that are, are free, mm -hmm. um, that are active? Again, you know, I don't know what to tell. Someone's going to have to tell us how many active shows are on, on Anchor, and that'll give us an idea of what's left for everybody else. Is our businesses, how guys businesses, going to be able to survive on a dwindling active podcaster base? Well, it does kind of raise, raise a question right now. The, um, Anchor's recent strategy change of not auto-submitting to Apple, like mm -hmm. we talked about in the last episode, um, because I do believe Anchor is the source of most of the, of the shows that have stopped producing episodes. Um, if you look at the overall numbers, I think they're primarily coming out of the free platforms mm -hmm. of which there are quite a few uh, mm -hmm. of the hosting platforms today that uh, offer free plans. Um, you know, uh, Lipson doesn't offer any free plans and I don't believe you guys do either. Right. Just trials. Just, Just like well, trials. trials. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, but, but that's we don't only have, like, like but we two don't months have, or something like right. that. Right. We don't have a quote unquote free tier. Right. Exactly. And, yeah. and we don't either, but I, you know, I used to work for Spreaker and Spreaker had a free tier, but it was, it was limited in what you could do. So right. if you wanted to be a regular podcaster, you couldn't stay right. on that plan. Even some of the folks that offer free plans like Podbean and Buzzsprout, they're very limited on their, right. what they offer for free. Right. Yeah. 
But, you know, I think it was good that Anchor decided not to auto-submit. I I think like we, I think, joked about on the last episode, you know, who's the one that pulled the plug on that? Right. Right. Was it? Was it uh, Apple or was it Anchor? <laughs> no one's no, and I have, for the record, uh, no one has talked to me in either camp. <laughs> right, and they probably won't. So. They won't. They won't. Right, right. Um, so, so I, so I guess in the end, is four hundred thousand shows active in the last? Of course, well, you know, consider what what's the highest number, Rob, for ninety days? Was it? Did it broach a million? I think it was or, like eight. 800, 900,000 in the last so, 90 days. Okay, so let's say 800,000 in the last 90 days. Do we have a healthy ecosphere? Mm, I think it's all relative, right? I, you know, with free plans, I, I think it, I, I, I think you just kind of have to throw a lot of that out. Because it's not, it, it's not, uh, contributing significantly to the growth of listenership or the, or the, cause if you, I mean, if you look at the, the downloads off of most of those shows, it's pretty much insignificant. Yeah. We've already talked about some of the public reporting people made from other hosting p- uh, platforms on, you know, total download numbers that kind of flipped me back in my seat a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, 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 again, it does kind of, It worries me in the sense that the failure rate is high as it is. You don't see that, you know, I, I wonder how it compares on YouTube. You know, YouTube never tells how, you know, you, no one does a study. And there's no one out there pulling numbers to say, maybe there are, maybe we just haven't found that statistic yet. Maybe you can Google it, Rob, see if how many active YouTube channels there are. Um, is there anyone tracking how many active YouTube channels are? YouTube, you know, whenever talks about, you know, failure rate of YouTubers, that's never, I've never heard it. Well, you know, there is, you know, people don't succeed. That's maybe the better. But does YouTube have the same type of, you know, start, someone starts a channel and, you know, puts out six or seven videos and doesn't get any traction and they, they quit. Um, is it, is it the same across the space from a creator standpoint? Yeah. I've been a quick look up to see if there's any information. Um, I, okay. It says here, how many YouTube channels are there? Yeah, but that's, uh, you know, that's big number, I mean, but it doesn't tell me about active. What is it, 75 million or some crazy number? Uh, say how many, how many YouTube channels are there? I found a search result here. Uh, there are more than 37 million YouTube channels out there. And consider there's 64 million WordPress sites. That kind of makes sense. Um, it says in 2020, that number grew by 23%. Um, they're getting over 500 million or 500 hours of video every minute. Yeah. I'd like to know what, how many episodes that equals, you know, what, how many, because, you know, they, they always report in minutes. They don't report by the number of new videos. Right. But, but again, so if you get 34 million people, 
you know, that's, that's a, that's a, you know, YouTube's equosphere is much, much bigger, but I think that, and maybe you just can't compare apples to oranges here. It's just something you can't do a comparison on, but I'm just, yeah. I, I do worry about the, you know, knock on wood. I, I, you know, our attrition is really, 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 really low. So we continue to build revenue, but the, yeah, the still, we know every, every platform has, you know, shows that fail that don't continue. So what do we do then to help decrease or increase the number of active podcasts? What, what are, what can we do as podcast host to help our podcasters stay active, not get discouraged, stay motivated to be able to have a successful time creating content? Well, I think the, the, the answer to that is pretty clear. Um, you can, you can get it just from speaking to podcasters is that the key to keeping podcaster happiness is to have steady growth in audience. So the shows that are active, um, you know, I think podcasters typically are more enthusiastic about creating content and building on their shows if they feel like they're making progress. If they feel like they're, they're stagnant, shows not growing, they tend to feel stagnant about producing. It depends on how, what the reasons are that they're doing their show. Right. So the, the question the then, the mm -hmm. so, so the question then is, uh, okay. So I, I, you know, I, I spend some time watching YouTube and yeah. There too. are YouTubers that have taken six and seven years mm -hmm. to grow an audience of a half a million people. And they are ever grateful that, and they're, you know, the, the road to, to build that audience was literally hours and hours and hours. You know, it takes a lot more effort to create a 30 minute or 20 minute YouTube video you know, a lot of these folks are doing weekly releases and they're filming all week and they're editing down the clip to get to a 20 minute program that they release. And they're putting in, they're probably putting in 20 hours mm -hmm. or 40 hours to get, you know, 20 minutes of quality content to build to 500,000 viewers now or uh, subs. So what podcaster is putting in 40 hours a week preparing and, and right. collecting content and recording stuff to get to a point where they put out only a 20 minute show that doesn't happen. No one's, maybe the studios are doing that, but no one's Rob, look what we do. We show up. We had no idea to, we didn't have an agenda today. We showed up. We're, we're going to record for 90 minutes. You know, I'm going to spend, you know, whatever it takes me to get the processing done on this thing tonight. And, put it up and that's it. It's, it's two or three hours mm -hmm. of work for not for 90 minutes. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, that may not be the, the ideal way for us to do things, but no. that's, that's how we've chosen to do this show because we're both busy people helping other people right. um, and, and helping our, our companies 
um, stay in contact with the podcast community. And, and so, I mean, we can very easily, you know, do this stuff off the fly because the, the right. topics that we can talk about are pretty evergreen. Sure, sure. Um, sure there's li little developments that come up now and then in the market that we can spin off of. Um, but it's, it's not hard, you know, Todd, I did find a little bit more data on YouTube and it says that there are, as of November of 2020, there, there are around 22,000 YouTube channels that have over 1 million subscribers. So it compared to 34 million, 37, yeah. 37 million. Or, or you do that. So yeah. if you do that ratio, um, you can come up with a ratio shows that go over a million the number of shows that get over a million in the podcasting space, I think I can count on about, right. okay, combine between you and me and toes and fingers, we can probably get them all right. or close to it. We, you know, I got, I got five toes and I got, uh, I mean, 10 toes and 10 fingers. That's 20. You've got 20 more. I think we could probably get about 40 shows that are doing a million downloads. Downloads. It's not the same thing as a subscriber, but well, you know, but you know, this, you know, so, yeah. so if you take 40, okay, let's give the benefit. Let's say there's a hundred shows out there getting a million downloads an episode. Mm -hmm. I think that's a stretch. Maybe, maybe not. Of course, everyone, <laughs> you it's show probably, me, you show me, I'll show yours, you know, so. Uh, it's uh, probably very similar to the podcast ratios would be my, my, my I, guess. I would just, the top, yeah. top 10% of YouTube is doing the vast, you know, the 80, right. 90, 90% right. of the volume. But I would say it's not 10% of YouTube. I would say it's a top one or 2%. Well, or maybe yeah. if you do the, if you do the math and, you know, someone has a calculator in front of them, you know, what was the number of again, had more than a million? Well, 700 uh, YouTube channels are doing um, 10 million subscribers. Okay, but how many were doing a million? You said uh, it was... 22,000. So someone that's listening, you know, give me give me the ratio on 37 million, 22,000. <laughs> and then... Um, it, it is probably like 1%. All right. I guess that high school math, let's see here. Let me think about that. No, it's a half a percent. Half a percent, yeah. It's, it's a half range. a percent. Okay, it's so small. it's small. So, if you look at the podcasting space, then if we think about, well, I'd say seven hundred thousand active shows, and then you have a hundred that are doing more than a million. Hmm. Right. Well, the the numbers, the ratio is lower, according yeah. to my again. Let me think about zero, zero. Yeah. So it's harder to succeed in podcasting, I think. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's a very, it's very similar medium in some ways. You know, I think that the, the interesting contrast with uh, YouTube, and I've been thinking about this a little bit lately, because I have been watching quite a bit of YouTube for some very specialized reasons, but um that the content is usually shorter. It's like five to 10, 12 minutes long. Typically mm -hmm. it, it is what you see out there. Sure. There's longer mm -hmm. stuff in there that is interesting as well. Um, but it, I sometimes think about those content creators and say, you know, could that content that they do translate over to podcasting? Most doesn't. And, and, but the question you have to ask is, well, why is that? Why doesn't it transfer over? 
If it's very visual, I, I, I can understand that. But is it just our bias towards how we look at duration or is it how it's packaged? Is so, it too many, too much variety of topics so that it doesn't it, fit into a it, bucket? It's simple. Put on, uh, put on a, uh, blinders and, and watch and play YouTube. Right. You, you won't be able to go more than two minutes without ripping your mask off. Well, is it just because that the video is available or is it just, I mean, no, or is it, it, I mean, some of the content uh, is mostly spoken word. It well, has some visual support, but it, there's no reason why it couldn't be just audio. I, I, there's a guy that I watched that he has two channels. One he talks in and one he doesn't. And the one he doesn't, I don't want him to talk. I want to see what he's doing. Right. And the other channel, then he takes 10 minutes to describe what he put out in his 40-minute video. And he kind of does some behind-the-scenes stuff. Mm -hmm. That could be a podcast. But the other piece that I watch, some of the sailing channels that I watch, definitely have to see the video. Yeah, and what's fascinating about this discussion, too, is as a podcaster, oftentimes we want to go over and create video. And oftentimes mm -hmm. that video is on YouTube, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so, and I've seen content creators create short videos, but then they also post the, their, their longer versions as a podcast over mm -hmm. there, right? And that could be visual, but it could just be audio. And I guess I'm trying to get clear on, on you know, it takes a lot of extra work to take that audio and put it out as a podcast too. So is it worth it on, on the part of a successful YouTuber to take that extra work to get it out as a podcast? The extra work is 15 seconds. Well, there's a little more to it than that, Todd. No, I, mean, he, I mean, you have to create, um, you know, it's just a matter of encoding it, getting it right. out of your system and then uploading it. You have, sure. you have to have a separate account and you have to do all yeah. this stuff. So unless there's some way to, publish within YouTube into a podcast. Yeah. That would be much more automated, but maybe you want to do editing on that too. So I, well, you yeah, know, it's tough. Most YouTubers, their content is heavily edited. Edited already. And, right. And, and in fact, I know some YouTubers that do the video, mm -hmm. get the video done and then they voice over the video. They don't even record the, they, they, you know, they're watching their video and they're walking you through Well, here I'm driving down this road and on mm -hmm. the left, you're going to see the, uh, the, you know, the Buffalo out in the middle of the rice paddy. And, you know, oh. over here is this beautiful, pristine beach. And so, you know, they're giving you this narrative while they're on a motorcycle, right? So I couldn't listen to that as a podcast because I want to see what he's looking at. Yeah. I mean, it, it, like I said earlier, if it's very visual part of the presentation, it probably doesn't make sense to just make it audio now, because then you're going to be missing that visual component. Okay. So what, here's this show. <laughs> We're just two dudes, you know, okay. sitting statically right. in a studio. So there isn't a real visual compelling no. element for what we're doing here. I've got an on, orange wall behind me, for God's sake. You know, right. it's just <laughs> yeah, at least I have something up above. You get me. something behind you, yeah. But but that's not even that compelling. So it's, you know, it, I think it's, it's some people like to have um, visual connection with what they're seeing. And that could be what the distinction is here, really, from a listener perspective. Mm -hmm. They like, some people like to see what they're listening to, not as much just I, listen. I'm listened out by the time it's about 7 o'clock at night. 
And that's part of the reasons why I just can't go into Clubhouse because I need something different. Is I need some visual stimulation and it's YouTube or a movie or, you know, it's something to, you know, where I can, what, what, what do, in podcast, if you're listening to this, I can almost guarantee you, you're not working. You're, you're, you're listening. And if you are working, you can't remember what we were talking about two minutes ago because it went in one ear and out the other, you, unless you're the best multitasker in the world. Whereas if you watch something, you're fully engaged and someone can speak to you and you won't even hear them. It's kind of like, it's kind of like when a spouse says, Hey, can you take, can you do the dishes? And if you're watching a YouTube video, you may not even hear that request to do the dishes or your gaming. You, you know, mm -hmm. we, we are one track. We are one, we, we, we work on, you know, we're on a single track. We're mono, <laughs> you know, you, you, you're going to, you know, every once in a while, like in the office, if someone's saying something, I'll kind of pause and I'll like, well, what's that discussion? Or, and they'll tune in late. Can you repeat what you're saying? And mm -hmm. I think it's just different. Um, I, I can't hardly work and listen to podcasts. Because I stop and I'll be, the, you know, if I'm on, on the L on the, on the uh, keyboard, I've got, you know, 18 rows of L's because I've held the L key down while I've lifted my head to, to, to concentrate on what something's being said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's How just did different. You, yeah. Oh, yeah. How did you see um, the data that was up in Pod News? this morning about podcast listening around the world. I guess a study was done through Oxford and Reuters Institute. Um, I'll be honest with you. My email is overflowing yeah. right now. I'm behind. What did they say? So what they did was a breakdown of the percentage of people listening to a podcast in the last month in various countries around the world. And it, uh, can you guess which country in the world um, came up at the top of the list? For listening? For listening to podcasts. The percentage of people in that country listening to a podcast in the last month. Well, considering Canada has been on like state lockdown, I bet it's Canada. Nope. It's in, uh, it's in the UK. It's uh, Ireland. Hmm. And then second on the list is Spain. Why? Third on the list is Sweden. Did they give a reason why? Conclusion? I don't know. It just gives a percentage. It says Ireland is 41% of the population has listened to a podcast in the last month. Wow. Spain, 38% of the population has listened to a podcast in the last month. Sweden is 37%. Norway is 37 The U.S. is 37%. So anybody in Ireland listening to this show? I'd love to hear from you. <laughs> And uh, Switzerland is 35, Canada is 33, Austria is 32, Australia is 31, Italy is 31 as where, well. Where did, where did Canada fit in? Canada is 33% of the, of the population has listened to a podcast in the last month. They might be so pissed off they can't listen. <laughs> the, the, the lowest on the list was the UK at 22%. Hmm. So that would have been in the month of May they did this? In the last month. So the it doesn't month. say, let's say, what's the last 
Uh, March 21. Oh. Yeah. That's the date of it. Oh, no, wait, wait, wait. It says here, questions, January, February 2021 is what that one is. Hmm. So it's a... It's an interesting breakdown. The The U.S. is not top of the list. I don't necessarily doubt that. Yeah. But it's why, interesting. What are they, Ireland? I have no what idea. Are they, what are they listing to in Ireland? That's the question. What genre? I got, I'm going to have to do some homework. What is the genre that they're listening to in Ireland? Yeah. Hmm. I have a feeling this is happening because of the growth of Apple and Spotify internationally, but also I, I think it's because of just the, the reach of podcasting into so many other music streaming platforms around the world that's been happening. Someone take Spotify's checkbook away, please. <laughs> Speaking of Spotify, <laughs> right? My God. There's a lot of talk in the investment community about how successful podcasting is at Spotify. Um, you know, they keep investing in content licensing opportunities, right? Mm -hmm. um, so the checkbook keeps flowing with money outwards. It just makes you wonder if, you know, if it's flowing inward for them because of it. Well, you know, you got to sell a lot of ads to, uh, to pay off your investment in Joe Rogan, you're going to sell an absolute metric ton. Maybe they did the math. So, you know, well, you're, you know, let's talk about Spotify math. <laughs> if they, no, no offense to Joe Rogan or any of the other shows that have recently got signed, but if they use the same return on investment uh, scenario that they did when they bought Anchor. <laughs> Oh man! Well, there's talk that the <laughs> the strategy at Spotify, and you can kind of see it where when they first got involved in podcasting, their strategy was trying to you know, break through on the distribution side, right? So they were, you know, they bought Anchor and they they bought these hosting things. So the infrastructure, building, you know, having the infrastructure in their platform. Now they've shifted over to investing more into the content, what rides across that infrastructure. Um, so the, the question gets back to is, is what's the, what's the revenue metric? Cause we've already dispelled the, the initial conversation that the revenue model was cost savings around people um, listening to less music, right. And listening to more podcasts, but yet still subscribing. Um, so, but that's been dispelled. Uh, people just listen to more of everything. Yeah. They, they're, they're still listening to the same amount of music. They're just, they just added podcasts to the mix. I did this math exercise, I think, once on this show before. Mm -hmm. And if you think about, let's just, you know, speaking of the, you know, the, the boat anchor. Um, if you take the number, let's just think, let's just say, and again, I don't have my calculator in front of me. Let's say the anchor has 400,000 shows that are active in 90 days. Let's give them benefit of the doubt. And uh, you multiply that by, let, let's even give them a bigger benefit. Now, let's say that each of those 400,000 has 
Yeah, let's let's use five hundred as the number. Five hundred downloads per episode. And I think that's being generous. You get a number, and then you divide that by a thousand and multiply it by twenty-five, and that tells you the upper end of advertising revenue for those shows. Mm-hmm. So let me get the calc out here. And so you know, excluding Joe Rogan and everyone else, those are the, you know, those are big money makers. So if we say 400,000 and multiply that by 500, we'll see if my calculator errors out. And then you divide that by 1,000 and you multiply that by, let's say 25, we'll give the upper end. That's still only, you know, that's a maximum of $5 million a month in revenue before revenue split. So what were they doing for revenue split over there? Do we know were they doing 50-50 for revenue split with podcasters? Or were they doing 70-30? My, my guess would probably be more 70-30. So I multiply that by, let's see if I do this right, 0.7. That leaves them um, with one, yeah, 1.5 million dollars a month of revenue mm-hmm. for for anchor if they have a hundred percent of their inventory of four hundred and I'm just assuming four hundred thousand shows that are have at least five because you know we you and I both know the average number of downloads per show and you know so I was very very generous with my math here with them so that leaves them with one point five million that they take to the bank on that. So what was your estimate that Joe Rogan was getting? I don't know if you can say, Rob, what's an estimate of total number of downloads per episode Joe Rogan was getting? I don't, I don't actually even know that number. So, so I've was never it a, seen was it. A, was it a million, two, three? It was in that range. Yeah. So two, well, two, two, three, probably. So let's give let's give the benefit of the doubt and say Joe Rogan was doing five million. Okay. All right. So we're we're gonna throw on you know some big we're gonna we, you know, let's say he does five million. How many episodes he do a month? Four. Uh, how many episodes did he do a month? He may have done multiple times a week actually. Oh. Okay. So, um, so let's just take it on a per show basis. Let's say five million downloads. Divide mm-hmm. that by a thousand. Yeah, there's a little bit of a common thread there on on that front. Is that many of the the really big shows that I've worked with in the past, yeah, actually produce more episodes than one episode a week. All right, so uh, there's that, a pattern there of success with people that produce multiple episodes. And let's say he's getting forty forty dollar CPM. We're going to be real generous on on Rogan, um, and he's probably running three, four, five ads, isn't he? Uh, I think he's in the f- probably the four range. So yeah. you know, if you know, if he's doing five million downloads and he's getting forty dollars CPM, you know that show could be pulling in eight hundred k an episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, so if if you if you're doing multiples, you know, if you're doing, uh, you know, so that that's a money machine. But again, I was real generous here with giving him five million downloads per episode. I bet it's more like a million five or two or two point five. 
It depends on who's counting, Todd. <laughs> uh, that's that's kind of true too. So uh so you know, maybe, you know, maybe is Joe Rogan's a money machine, but I'm sure I'm sure Rogan gets a piece of the advertising. He just didn't get a hundred million dollars and no, it's just and a licensing deal. It wasn't a, a it wasn't an advertising deal he did so, with Spotify. So he probably gets a, a pretty decent split on the advertising. I so, would think he probably yeah, I mean he's probably paying a commission to the ad sales folks. Right. Right. So he's probably it's probably a 70-30 deal or better. Or, or, it could be 85-15. Yeah. Let's say the worst case scenario, he's getting 50%. I you know, doubt that. I doubt that. You don't I think don't. so. So that reduces the amount of money that Spotify is getting for that show. So, you know, an ad revenue there, you know, their, their, their percentage. I'm going to move this camera, see if I can put it over here. Yeah, that's a little better. My guess is... He has a very favorable ad ad deal because of the dollar volume. If yeah, he, if you sell one ad into his show, <laughs> everybody's making money. So I I guess it's just a matter of hmm. Yeah, they, you know they get smart people people over there. Mm -hmm. I, I can't imagine they're buying loss leaders. Yeah, a lot but of those big shows the. Uh, Seventy thirty isn't usually the. So is the that what it is? Is it a loss leader? It's like buying the uh, the chicken at Costco for five bucks, and the Costco loses two or three dollars yeah. in every chicken. Joe is just, a, it, it's kind of like uh, Howard Stern was. So to, he's to serious. So he he's just the it's they're not so much worried about the quote unquote. It's the uh, customer flow. It's the, it's, it's, it's the, the new the, subscriber flow. It's the nineteen ninety five or whatever people pay for music streaming at Spotify. Right. Right, and if they're He's just coming, a magnet that's attracting new customers. So you know, put that into play, right? You know, but that would just account for a surge in the beginning, and then a trickle. You know, a trickle of new people coming well, in. That, so that's why they have to keep bringing in new shows that are bringing in new audiences oh, into true. Spotify, right? Yeah. So they they and, figured the math model out on this. Well, I mean, they also acquired. Um, was it the, uh, was it uh, Parcast? Yeah. There's another podcast network, content creation yeah. engine um, that is, from what I'm seeing, they're, they're finally starting to bring over all their shows into exclusive deals with, mm. with Spotify. So Spotify is building up this pool of exclusive content. Right. Um, that is, um, they're going to, that's the foundation of their, magnetic attraction they're trying to pull audiences out of the podcasting space hey, hey uh spotify uh rob and i'll do a deal for 25 million you can come sign us we'll come over and be exclusive on there for uh for 25 doesn't even have to be 25 todd Shh. <laughs> you're, you're you're impacting our negotiating so we maybe deal so, for you. So we come over for 20 then right and we can we can bring you all the podcasters over with us right Ten five will work, Todd. Ten point five, okay. That, okay. That, yeah, that's good. That's that <laughs> would be a good retirement plan for me. <laughs> ten point five, one in, in a three year deal. Ten point five a year for th three years. Yeah. It's Todd, not just. It's Todd, not, you better not, start belly dancing. That's all I can say. That's your only oh, chance. Oh, you do not want to see me <laughs> belly dancing. <laughs> <laughs> T 
talk about a viral TikTok video where people will throw up in their mouths. Oh, uh, well, it'll definitely get attention, which is what you want if you want to grow up. Mike says he's doing six minutes of ads before the show starts. That's what Rogan's doing. So that's it. Well, you know what? Uh, Kevin Smith did that many years ago. You remember with the Smodcast Network? Yeah. Um, he would like, oh, heavy load the the pre-roll stuff, right? He would like play like five minutes of promos, ads, all the stuff before you got to the content. Yeah. And I, you know, because that's what the advertisers were sure. saying, we'll pay you a top dollar if you're, yeah. if you play us in the pre-roll position, well, it just sells <laughs> a bunch of pre-rolls, right? So and people are just fast forwarding through. Exactly. And people will come in and say, oh yeah, well, the, you know, at the beginning of Joe Rogan's show, the first five minutes is a bunch of ads. So just fast forward. Zzz, Right up through there. And the only way to avoid that, right, is to stream. Right. Well, even streams can do that to some right. degree. Some degree. Right. But you know what's kind of funny but some is, of them is, turn it off, though. But, you know, here would be the, here's the, you know, the kicker is um, <laughs> media buyers have two standards. <laughs> For you and me. You didn't deliver me a hundred customers. You owe me make goods. All right. Mm -hmm. With Joe Rogan, we advertise on Joe Rogan's podcast. Well, it's, it's brand building is what it they, is. We, yeah. we, we, we are, we were able to, uh, you know, we're on Joe Rogan. They, and it, it's like, Joe, you only delivered 20 customers. And Joe's like, oh, who cares? I don't care. Right. <laughs> Give me my money. You don't want to be on the show, and there's 25 other people lined up to advertise on the podcast. Well, the, <laughs> the truth is, is that he does get enough volume where he is getting it, driving ROI. Pretty much right. the, everything he's doing, just because of the sheer numbers you involved. Know, right, right, right. But I can't imagine the CPM on that's. I bet he's getting 40 at least or more. Who knows? It could smart. be way up, way up it above probably that. Could yeah. be. It could be 75 or 80, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Especially when you have uh, the ability of Spotify to say, yep, 98% of people listened all the way through that ad. Uh, money, money, money. Let me see and, the money. And the ads could be targeted too on that platform. Oh, that's true too. Yeah. So hmm. if he's pre recording all those pre rolls, then they can be. They can be targeted towards specific listeners. But Rob, what do we know? We're not executives over at uh, at at Spotify. We're just uh, you know we're just lowly podcast host uh, company employees and run operators. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. I've worked for those big companies though before, so you know. Yeah, that. I know. I know how they think. Yeah, they got yeah. a whole different mindset. They, 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 you know, they round, their rounding errors are, you know, <laughs> my employee budget, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. They're like, no, oh, do I got another 80000 to hire another employee this year? And is, it, is that going to fit in the budget? And they're like, you know, yeah, it's 800000 or a million dollars of the rounding error. Yeah. <laughs> so you're on a whole different level. But, the time will tell if this pans out for them and they're able to, you know, uh, publicly announce good earnings and all that perspective, then guess what? They'll, they'll continue to dump five or $600 million a year into the podcasting space. And some lucky podcaster will hit the lotto and right. get signed for an exclusive deal. Right. Right. There's going to be more of them coming. I'm sure. 
And I'm very happy for all of them that uh, hit the jackpot because it gives guys like you and me and all the independent content creators some hope that there is a potential big paycheck down the road for our content if we do it well enough. Yeah. Hey, Todd, I also saw a, uh, a, a release come out from AdsWiz, which is owned by SiriusXM now, um, talking about a study of 600 podcast ad campaigns that used AdsWiz's attribution technology. Mm, this is a way to, to track back the conversions yep. of, sure. um, of sales to podcast advertising, right? Can't and, wait and, to hear this spin. Well, the, yeah. Um, and they're saying that advertisers saw a 4% average conversion rate on ad impressions. Um, and, and that is tracking of campaigns um, that resulted in um, transactions, right? Purchase transactions. Uh, and, and it said 82% of the advertisers they, they ran um, on their platform were able to attribute a purchase to audio advertising. So 4% conversion off of um, the ad, ad impressions. So hmm. there's that number, there's that, there's that thing again. It's implying that those ads were listened okay. to. Right, right. Right, which there's no way that they can know that. Well, un unless those listens were well, they, they have occurred on a platform that they, they have access to. Well, that. they were doing attribution. They were, you know, they had a, something going on on the vendor right. site and, uh, you know, a tracker on right. the vendor site and they had a tracker on the podcaster and they did, uh, you know, differential compare and look for IPs and, and then they convert that to how many of those IPs actually bought stuff and they said 4%. Right. So that actually is a pretty pretty impressive number, considering that there probably was much much higher conversions that they weren't able to track. So what was the percentage? You know, here's the question. All right, they could directly attribute four percent. What was indirect? Well, what there's was no way to track that, right? Well, no, there is, depending on if you're using a promo code or what you're oh, using. Yeah, right, right, right. You know, what was the indirect? Well, maybe they weren't. Maybe they, that's the only thing they had. Maybe they didn't use a promo code. It was a brand, uh, you know, brand awareness thing. But Well, because, I mean, let's be totally frank about it. Um, podcast advertising builds over time. You're a, you're a testament to that. Yep. C conversion can happen at any point after the listener hears that ad. Yep. And it, it, it may not happen within the, the window that they're analyzing here. It may happen six weeks after the ad campaign or two months after the ad campaign. There's no, there may not be a way to do that, especially with the elimination of cookies, yeah. right? It, it also depends on how long the cookies live too. Well, I, right? I can, I can tell you that there are a lot of people that are very freaked out and what Apple's doing with uh, their, their VPN thing. Right. They're, they are absolutely, I'll just say it, they're losing their shit. They are absolutely panicking. And my perspective is, um, this was going to go away at some point anyway. You guys have uh, continued to push the envelope on, on invading listeners' privacy uh, and all across the board on the internet. 
and Apple and others, I bet you Google follows along with this. They're they're just sick and tired. And you know, no, don't get me wrong, Apple isn't affected because they can still track everything going on, and Google can as well, but they are going to put the screws to digital advertising and mm-hmm. in a big way. Now, does that affect direct response? Nope doesn't affect it at all apple can do blocking all they want and we can we can reverse the you know the performance back out on dr but what it will affect is brand advertising because Mm -hmm. these these media buyers are getting used to having this extra data that they can utilize to either remarket to or and that door might be closing Mm mm-hmm yeah, it and very not to is not to mention the impact on podcast measurement too. So, I think there's some approaches that can be taken to mitigate the challenges that are going to present themselves in being able to measure podcast put in front of a BPN. Um, maybe, but. We've got to be able to help the podcaster. It's, they're never going to do anything that's going to help the the advertisers. All right. So you just watch. That'll be a building story over the coming months. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I agree with that. Todd, you, you... your partner in crime over there has is probably greetingly, happily smiling about this development. Yeah. <laughs> so what were it you was saying? you know i was just gonna just pose pose a question here um been thinking a lot about uh websites with podcasting um what's your current thought on web- websites i you know i know powerpress is very much connected to wordpress yeah and i i just wonder if you're getting some I, ideas that over the last year or whatever have we seen the importance of websites grow in the podcasting space Uh, because i think prior to that there was this perception that websites were to some degree were less important i just wonder if things have changed do you think rob are you doing research for libsyn to figure out what you guys are i'm just i'm 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 just curious more for uh, podcasters out there to decide if if building you know I happen. I happen to. I think I know what you're going to say, but I happen to see a certain test site somewhere. You do? I did. I saw a test site. Hmm. Yeah, an interesting test site. It's amazing what happens in the ecosphere and what you run into. So, um, I would say that uh, you know as well as I do. (laughs) Um, Yeah, websites are very, very, very important, and Mm -hmm. um, yeah. if I was a betting man, uh, I think I know what your guys' strategy is. I think I know where you're going. <laughs> but well, I mean, I, I, no, I mean, if you I, think about it. I, I mean, if you think about it, you know, Captivate is is an interesting player in the space. Sure. Around building building websites, and it's it's been Podpage. You know, you know, pod, Podpage too. It seems to be bubbling up. I'm I'm hearing it more in the in the the news about these platforms coming out trying to create podcasting pages and 
Just curious. So I'll just say some are doing it right, some of are doing it half right, and some are doing it absolutely poorly. I'm tired of, uh, I, I think I'm going to stop talking about, you know, someone asked me the other day, I said, you're impacting your SEO negatively. And they said, well, no, they're not. And I said, what, what do you mean? And I said, well, you figure it out. Um, mm -hmm. You figure it out. And, and I'm not, at this point, I, I know that having a personal website that you own on your .com that is not auto-generated from an RSS feed, I'll just right. say that, is um, is the way you should be if you want to build a successful long-term show. If you're just in this for to playing around, you don't care. But if you want to build a brand, you, you need a website. First, you know, here, here, and it goes back to any, many other facets, not just for SEO. It's for. But a home base for your show, right? Home base for your show. Right. You know. I agree. And there's, there's, there's so many things you can do, you know, and some of these uh, platforms are producing stuff where you can get a news, you can get a mailing list and all these things, but you are still building your castle on rented land. You know, um, that date that some of that data is not transportable mm -hmm. when you have your own dot com and you have your own plugins and you have your own, uh, you know, own way to fuel a funnel, mm -hmm. um, that no one can take away from you that, that right. you are solely responsible for and paying. Someone told someone said the other day that, um, WordPress specifically was the worst thing you could ever do for your podcast. And I, I just kind of laughed. You know, I, I really did. They said, oh, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's, it can be hacked and it's, it takes upkeep. And there yeah. are, po there oh, are, oh, it's getting a lot better. It's gotten a lot better over the last oh, couple of years. Phew. Yeah. They, they have companies out there, including mm -hmm. ours, that will give you, a, that will do a managed WordPress site. You don't have to run nothing. You don't have to update nothing. The hosting provider does that for you. They take care right. of all the security stuff. You just got to make sure that you keep a good, strong username and password. Right. Um, it's nothing is unhackable. Okay. Let's just be frank. At some point, sometimes something's going to get hacked or there's going to be an exploit. You know, it happened on Apple the other day. It's big Apple exploit right now. So nothing is non-exploitable. Um, nothing is perfect. But to say that, and I said, okay, what? What platform do, are you suggesting? And the platform the guy suggested, I just, I just rolled my eyeballs, and I'm like, "You have okay, great, knock yourself out. Good luck with your show." Right. Um, yeah, I, I tend to agree too, but I also wonder if there's there's a risk of you know investing in building this elaborate podcast website, and you get very little traffic to it. Well, again, it goes back to right. what are you doing? And, I, and I've said this a thousand times on this show. Mm -hmm. You can't just podcast. Right. You know, let's, let's, I'll bring up my, my, uh, my site right now. And I, you know, fortunately, I'm able to afford to have writers mm -hmm. that, are, are, that write for me. And, and I've got one, two, three, four, five. I've got six 
blog posts that are non-podcast related in between episodes. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just not, and people say, oh, how do I grow? How do you, you, fe- you have to feed the beast and the beast is Google. You have to feed the beast with original content. Right. And guess what? It's one of those 13 things we talked at the beginning of the show. You have to work. Well, and that probably includes YouTube too, right? Because Absolutely. Because what? I, I think well, but, uh, YouTube is the second largest online search engine. But, but in, in YouTube is, um, and here's the thing about YouTube. People get deplatformed off that thing all the time. Mm-hmm. So your risk on YouTube is much much higher. If you know if you follow all the rules, you're not even guaranteed. Just say one wrong word, right? Or or have a you know a, a wardrobe malfunction or something to that effect. And or if you, you play know, play copyrighted content, well, you're demonetized and you get copyright strikes. And so it's right. you know. So I think that um, you know I, I, even on my site, I've had to. You know, I put in strict policy for all the writers when we go and put any type of art mm-hmm. on a blog post. You know, we go where we can get uh, uh, either on a paid service or if we're using uh, um, some, there's a few places out there where you can find album art as long as you give attrition and, you know, and not album art, but, you know, mm-hmm. art for the articles. Because probably 10 years ago, I got a, a letter in the mail from Getty and it, there was an image within an image. It's just a little tiny little speck that was in an image that was someone had done an image and then they'd lifted a Getty image and put it in the middle of the, like in a uh, frame. It was like a picture and it had a frame and they put a picture in the frame. I, I, and I, 800 bucks, wow. you know, for copyright infringement. So, you know, when you pay that one time, you, you know, you basically say, hey, 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 you know, let's, we have to be careful. And, um, How's that relate to this whole thing? I think it's just one of. I never said that I could Geek New Central. The reason Geek New Central succeeds is not because that I have fifteen hundred and thirty-five podcast episodes. It's because I have fifteen thousand mm-hmm. additional posts in there that are not podcast related. Mm-hmm. Well, that's hard work, Todd. Well, yeah, it's hard work. That's what hard work is what it takes to build a show, right? How do you have time to do that? Well, and before I didn't sleep. Yeah. Now I'm lucky enough to have a budget to be able. My my blogging budget's about six hundred dollars a month. So you have to create content on a regular basis to make it work. You got to feed the machine to make it work. So and or make sure you have super rich show notes. And we don't do a good job of rich show notes for this show. You know. Mm It's, you know, it's a, it's a paragraph and, you know, so it's, it's, that site does not get the type of traffic that the other site does, but I get derivative traffic from it because people come to them and say, oh, what's that? Click. And they click yeah. over. So. Yeah. Yeah. And just having a website is not going to guarantee success. There's just all this other stuff. You know, and those emails listen to the show for any number of years. You guys, this is a broken record. You guys have heard this many times. Yeah. Hey, one last topic, and we can we can roll it up for the for, for the week. But uh, uh, Jared easily put out an article um, through James Cridlin. I saw uh, talking about uh, is Clubhouse uh, losing momentum out there? Um, 
is is Clubhouse, the social audio platform that that once was a hot topic for podcasts of all sizes, is losing relevance day by day. My question is, is that really true, and why is that? And then secondarily, um, he mentions in the article um, Fireside, which coincidentally, I you probably saw the announcement today that uh, Mark Cuban and and Fallon. Fetmi, um, if I said that last name correctly, uh, if I didn't, uh, I'm sorry. Um, those are the two um, people behind the new platform Fireside Chat, right? And was just kind of curious about that. What was, what was the announcement? Uh, that uh, Mark Cuban and Fallon are both keynote speakers at Podcast Movement. <laughs> so, and then this article comes out touting how clubhouse is losing momentum and fireside may, may, may be the up and coming thing. And in Facebook live audio rooms is the up and coming thing. Jared in Twitter spaces is the up and coming thing. And stereo is the up and coming thing. Jared. <laughs> what? This... I'm not saying anything. I'm just, I'm, I'm just drawing a correlation here. James. Yeah. What, um, well, let's take a minute or two and just talk about what you think is happening with Clubhouse. I haven't been in Clubhouse in more than a month. I keep accidentally jumping into rooms because the damn notifications pop up and I hit them and the app launches, but right. um, I leave quietly. Right. The uh, I had it happen in a movie theater of all places. Mm -hmm. Oh my God! Couldn't believe it. People are yelling at me. Well, not yelling at me. Hey, turn that sudden, down. Yeah, right. I'm trying to like kill my phone and you know stop the stupid thing. Um, you you're on there more than I am. So what do you think? Well, I haven't been on there as much as I'm kind of like you, Todd. I haven't been on there as much here in the last month. So. Um, is Occasionally, I'll, but I'll get invited to be in something, and I'll pop over there. For I, I don't think Fireside has driven much traction. I don't think oh, Fireside yeah, has done anything. I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody's talking about it. No, I mean, especially in the last month, is Fireside an exhibitor at Podcast Movement? Probably. And then the Facebook Live audio rooms just launched. Yeah. Or and, it, it's about to launch. And people are saying it's all kinds of, how do you find, you know, people are also already complaining about that. I mean, sure, I think that there is a certain amount of probably um, Clubhouse it has, probably it's not as hot as it used to be because it's not as, as, as exclusive of a club as it used to be. It used to be an exclusive club just on iOS. Mm -hmm. And now it's on Android and iOS, and now it's mainstream. And all these other competitors have been popping up taken attention away from it. Um, you no you got to admit though, the clubhouse app is pretty slick. No one it else is. has got anything that's as, as slick as that. No, I everything agree. is an add on. Um, of course I haven't been approved to get a group. I think you have to have a million hours on clubhouse before you can get, get your own group. No, that's so, not true. I, it's open to anybody right now. Oh really? Mm -hmm. So you can, that must have changed. So that tells you how long it's been since I've been on because I was going to create a group and play. Yeah, it's with been it. probably at least 
three months since. Oh, or it's not a group, but a club. Which, a club? No, it's been like three months since it was open to anyone. Okay, hold on here. Yeah, I've I've created uh, three clubs over there. One one actually for this show. Okay, that's yeah. okay. So all I have is so. Where do you find? Go to all the clubs that you're a member of, and go go to the the furthest to the right of the list of all of the clubs that you joined. I don't even know how to find which clubs I'm in. Go into your profile page and scroll yep. the the very bottom. Okay. And you'll see all the clubs that you're yep. part of. So okay. I'll click on one of those. No, go, no, go all the way to the right. And, oh, and I see plus. I'll be plus. damned. Hit there and you can create a club. Oh, how about that? So let's type this in there. Why, well, yes, you can. So Rob, uh, I stand corrected. Allow followers. Let members start rooms. No. Make members private. No. Topics is going to be podcast. So who knows? Maybe I'll be on. I mean, I'm not like found I could do this. So maybe, uh, maybe I'll be on here. Plus, now Clubhouse has uh, has uh, messaging between people now, so oh, you can message different people. Before, the only option was to create like a private room. Right now, you can send people direct messages. So. Yeah. Uh, see, someone just pinged me. When they ping you, is that on purpose or is that automated? Is that it depends on what the ping is. Okay. All right. So let me go back. I've chose the topic. And, oh, I don't want to do that. Create. I didn't put any Elmart in it. Huh. All right. Awesome. So I guess I just created a, a club. Huh. All yep. right. You know... But again, it's a matter of time. And people are confusing um, these platforms with podcasting. Right. I see it happen all the time. People are confusing Clubhouse as podcasting. And it's it's two separate mediums. Right. They are not related to each other. One is live. One is on demand. Mm-hmm. They're not the same. And the content, obviously, is not the same. The way people create the content is not the same. Um, the engagement with audiences is not the same. So right. there's actually very little that's the same between the two, but people still conflate them. Just like people have conflated, conflated uh, YouTube videos as podcasts or mm-hmm. um, Facebook videos as podcasts or whatever, but they are quite different in their composition and their quality and how they're created. So, yeah. Well, you know, it's and how they're uh, listened to. I, I think James is pretty good about putting sponsored posts up in Pod News when something is sponsored. Mm-hmm. So this isn't sponsored. Then I I guess we'll just have to see what happens at uh, Podcast Movement. And um, I mean, it's not a. It's there's nothing wrong with the article. It just. Oh okay. It, I mean, it lists all of the alternative platforms that are mm. playing the game of social audio, right? And it's it's a good re- resource for those that don't know all the different platforms that have jumped into this medium to kind of dilute the space that, let's be frank about it, Clubhouse pioneered. Right. Uh, and there is a bunch of them. 
And Jared does a great job of listing them all. Okay. Well. So it's all there. Then I'll kind of throttle back a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's, I think it's fine, but I do think it's interesting that Mark Cuban and is going to be up doing a keynote about this. Um, Hopefully they will have launched it, which I, I think they've said that they're going to launch it soon to the public. So, so we should get access to it pretty soon. I mean, I've been on it many times, but I've, I've never created any content over there. Right. Um, Myself and I, and it will be, I, I think what's different about Fireside Chat is that it is being desi- designed as a place to create podcasting content, but in a more of a social audio methodology. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't, the air conditioning seems like it's shut off in here. I'm cooking. So, uh, okay. Well, we're at the, we're at the end anyway. We're, I guess we're long at this point. We that's are. That's Okay. Um, we'll be back with you next Wednesday. I'm Todd at Blueberry.com, at Geek News on Twitter. Rob? And I'm on Twitter as well, at Rob Greenlee, uh, uh, R-O-B-G-R-E-E-N-L-E-E. And I can also be found in email, robg at Lipson.com. Rob, do you uh, by chance have the intro music or cl- closing music ready to go? or mm, can you? Let's see here. So, uh, hey, afternoon delight. Nope, that wasn't it. I think that's okay, good enough. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> we'll see everybody next time. Thank you for being here. Everyone take care. We'll see you next time here on the new media show. Okay. And let's see if uh, StreamYard actually recorded this. So uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed. Everyone take care. See you next time. All Bye-bye. right. Bye.